What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. We've got a packed show for you today. We're going to talk about what the hell is going on with the Phillies. We're going to talk about Daryl Morey's press conference. I don't think anyone feels better after that one. And we're just going to talk about the great Ted Solari, unfortunately, passing. Some guy, uh, Colin Thompson, will come on at 1230, and we'll have Ant Sanfilippo, a Delco native, share his uh, his stories and everything. The guy was an absolute goat. Anyone who played Philadelphia sports in the Catholic League or the Pub League or anywhere around here knew Ted Solari. What an absolute goat. But let's bring on and San Filippo right now. What's up, buddy? Not a Delco native. You're not a Delco native? No, I've lived here a long time. I've lived here more more than I've lived in the city. But You're a Delco native. I grew up West Philly, maybe. Oh, okay. All right. West Philadelphia well, born and raised. Me and Will Smith. Are we talking like Clark Park, or are we talking like 69th Street? You're basically in Ardmore. How about how about between the two? I was at I grew up at 65th and Vine. Okay. Uh, so it was right in the heart of Overbrook. Um, I'll give you your West Philly card right next to St. Joe's. A little further up, a little further, a little further, closer to uh, like, uh, so Overbrook Park would be bordering Havertown. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was what we used to call up the hill because you used to have to go up the hill on Haverford Avenue to get there. I was down the hill. Um, so I was, I was closer to, I was close to the 63rd Street L stop. How do you like that? Okay, there you go. There you Not go. Hey, back in that. the day when you were when you were around, at least the Sixers were good, right? <laughs> I I did, I could still remember my mother sending me to bed the night that they beat the Lakers to win the 1983 championship because we had school. Believe it or not, it was there were still two more days of school. That was like I think June 15th. I want to say 1983. I was nine. Okay. Did you think it was going to be this this bad when you're nine years long? old and you already and you already witnessed a championship? Well, because so I, I remember like I, I barely I barely remember the Phillies winning in 80 and then the Sixers in, in 83. Obviously, we you know, we were all in school excited the next day. And then it was 25 years until the Phillies won again. Yeah. So, no, I did think there would be championships in between at some point and, and none happened between 83 and 08. So, well, we were really spoiled. And that's with like the, the Eagles, because like I always talk about this. You guys went through like some hellish decades of, of the Eagles and everything. And then I was eight. I was six when Andy Reid took over. I was eight when they started going to the NFC championships yeah. and everything. So I was like, this happens all the time. And you're probably <laughs> nine years old, 1983 championship. And, and the Sixers, I think they went to the title game a couple a year years later or a year later. No, uh, So, though, no, they didn't go the next year. That was it. That was like really it for them. They had gone the years before. Okay, that's what they lost was. in 80. They had lost in 82 to the Lakers. I believe it was 80 and 82 that they lost to the Lakers, and then 83 they beat them. Yeah, so you just thought this was kind of normal. You know, my team's going to go to the championship every couple of years. You know, some teams are going to suck in Philadelphia. Some teams are going to be pretty good in Philadelphia. I bet you in 2001, I didn't think we were going to wait until 2023 to go back to the Eastern Conference Finals and even the Finals, I'll tell you that. Uh, it's been it's been ridiculous. I mean, if you think about it with – you know, that era growing up in sports in Philly was awesome. You know, 1980 is the only time in the history of professional sports that four teams went to the championship uh, of their sport in the same year and same, you know, uh, within the same year. And, you know, the Sixers went a few times, the Flyers, 85, 87, they were in the Stanley Cup final. Phillies were in the World Series, 80, 83, 93. So like that stretch was like really, I mean, there, there were some bad teams in there, but Nevertheless, I mean, it was you always had something to kind of look forward to. And now, of course, and we went through a, a, you know, a real drought 
and then you like you said, you know, there was you know the bounce back, and now we we had an opportunity if the Sixers would have just decided to play basketball to do it again this year. If you count the Union instead of the Flyers, you could have had four teams who reached the finals. Yeah. And Sixers just gagged it, man. They and I thought that they I was one of those people who thought they were going to beat Boston. I thought that they had a real chance. Well, Boston was vulnerable. I still think Boston's vulnerable. You saw it last mm-hmm. night with Miami. Um, and the Sixers had them, man. They had them in game six and just I, it was so it was so it's disgusting to see what they did. So yeah, we'll, we'll remember that five minutes and fifty-seven seconds forever. What'd you think of uh did you have a chance to watch a Daryl Morey press conference or did you skim over a little bit of stuff? You mean when he called asking Trent Krim? That was good. It was Except, like, I don't know how far you are in Ted Lasso. The first two seasons. Oh, it makes seen, yeah, I'm caught up. I, season, I should Trent say I'm caught up. To, I didn't see last night's episode. That's the only one I haven't watched yeah. yet. But, I'm so I'm all caught up. I know where Trent Krim's character arc is. Uh, my favorite part about it, though, is Eskin had no idea, has no idea who Trent Krim is. <laughs> I was going no, off at minus 4,000 in the Crossing Broad Sports and Casino <laughs> of Eskin not ever watching Ted Lasso. I don't know if you saw the tweet I put out yesterday. I, I said, I hope I show up at the Phillies tomorrow and that they decide to change the – like we all have our names on the yeah. uh, where our seats are in the press box, and I sit right next to Howard. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that Eskin's is, is, is changed to Trent Krim tomorrow. That would be fantastic. What, uh, what, what time's the game tomorrow? You think any strippers will send up? I think that video did well. Holy shit, did that video go nuts. If anyone didn't know, I was sent a video. I'm not going to say who sent me the video, but it was a, it was an esteemed colleague of mine who sent me the video of uh, two strippers during the business person special. I believe it was last Thursday. Um, just, you know, grinding on each other, and it just got picked up. It's probably up to like 5 million views as, right now. As someone awesome. who was there, there was more than two. Mm. And their their handler was there, too. <laughs> He was sitting. He was sitting the row behind them, and what makes the story even funnier? Like, I mean, you know, you just put the video out, but there's some backstory to it that's that's hysterical. There was a family sitting in the row behind them, and this stuff was going on the entire game. This wasn't just at end of the game. You know, they had been drinking too much and got a little out of hand. The entire game, this stuff was going on with the selfies and grinding on each other and everything else, and like the. <laughs> The poor dad in the family, like he's sitting there and you can see mom's not happy because they got two kids. But dad's like, what's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to watch? Is he supposed to be angry about it? Like he kept getting up to go get stuff because he just couldn't. And he would be laughing every time he got out of his seat to go get whether he was getting ice cream for the kids or a hot dog or whatever. I mean, you could just see the expression on his face like, what am I supposed to do? It was a riot. And, the, and what, were the, the, what were the security yeah. guards doing? Did they ever come down and check on them and stuff? They sent one guy down. It wasn't even real. I wouldn't even say it was a security guard per se, but they sent one guy over who had a Phillies uh, shirt on, like Phillies staff shirt on, and he was talking to them and he was laughing and smiling too. So I didn't know if it was like, hey, you guys aren't really doing anything wrong. Just just don't stand up and do this stuff during the game because of people watching. I think that was kind of the thing was like, maybe like save it for between innings. And they were like, they were, they were kind of agreeable to it. Like it was, I'll tell you, it was a whole conversation in the, in the press box for the entirety of the game, because it was just right there in front of us. And like, we're like, 
oh man, like what 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 is happening down there? Um, and that is was, such a double edged sword when it's a security guy because you're like you're exactly right. It's like you're technically doing nothing wrong, but. Yeah, <laughs> it's a family friendly environment we promote and everything. It, it to me, it, it felt like 2007 and 2012. Citizens Bank Park was back between the day before. Uh, Phillies fans are throwing hot dogs all over the place, and then now we have people just gyrating on each other at a business person special. I was like, we're back, baby. The error. <laughs> it was something else. It was something else. And I, when I saw that your tweet went out, and I think I'm assuming you were the one who put it on the Crossing Broad mm-hmm. site, um, and it got like three million some views. Oh, yeah, the funniest part of whatever it is, the funniest part was the number of people who bookmarked it. Yeah. Now, now that we can see the bookmarks, <laughs> Elon's a Elon lets everybody know who's real horny. <laughs> That's I all mean, Elon you, does now. How many people bookmarked it? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a he's a he's a horn he's a horn dog merchant right now. Um, back to back to Maury though. I mean, uh, yeah. What was what was kind of your takeaways? Obviously, the Trent Crim thing was great. He confirmed basically the Stephen A. report that Joel Embiid was somehow shocked that Doc Rivers, like for a guy who's always kind of has his finger on the pulse of NBA Twitter and NBA that he was shocked that Doc Rivers got let go. I was very surprised by that. They plan on bringing back James Harden. Uh, It's going to be a long, extensive process per usual with with Daryl Morey and hiring head coaches. Where do you want to take it? What was the first thing you think that stood out to you from that press conference? I'll tell you what stood out to me the most is, and I've used this reference before, but I think it really, really makes sense with Daryl Morey. He is the emperor's new clothes. What's that mean? So do you know, do you know that fairy tale? I've seen where, the movie Emperor's New Clothes. Uh, Does that have anything to do no, with it? I, no, it's not that. No, Emperor's New Clothes. The story behind that is is that um, he walks around and he doesn't have any clothes on, but he keeps his handlers and his people keep telling him, "Oh yes, yo, you look great. Everything's fantastic," and they tell all the people that they have to believe that he's wearing. You know, mm-hmm. these clothes, it's whatever. So it's basically the, the the reference that I'm making there is, is that I don't really think he knows what the hell he's doing and tries to come off as a guy who does. Um, well, and smartest I think, man in the room kind of guy, like Howie Roseman used to criticize about that. He's really not. And that's the thing. Like, I, I, I really was very unimpressed with that, with the entirety of the press conference. I mean, it's it's a failure to read the room. It's a failure to understand the sporting culture in the city. Um, and, and to just kind of be so blase and blatant about how how off-putting you are and your team is right now, and in in a sense, basically said, yeah, we fired the coach, we're going to bring in a new guy, and then generally we'd like to run it back. <laughs> like that, that's just not going to fly in this city. It, the Sixers are going to be hated from minute one next season. What's the alternative, I, though, Ant? Look, there really isn't one, and, and, that's, and, I, and I and I get the point. I get that, right? I get you know, but I think it's what is how does it get any? How do you sign James Harden to any contract? One hundred percent going forward. How do you at this point? And it's not an look. The guy to me is still probably an All Star caliber player. He's not a he's not a an elite player, but I mean, is he still kind of a regular season all-star caliber guy? Look, he led the league in assists this year. He had right? a, a lot of, season. yeah, he had a really good regular season. His numbers were up in a lot of places. So, so can he give you that? Sure. Absolutely. He can, he can allow you to still have a team that's decent, right? But you saw what you saw in the playoffs and it confirmed everything you've 
thought about this guy as a playoff performer, that he's just not a big game performer. And so how you can sit there and say, coming off of what that embarrassment was at the end of the Celtics series, and it was an embarrassment, that how you can sit there and go, oh, well, let's just give him a, a, a deal. You know, obviously he wants max deal, which was what, $4 million, $219, I think, or some, $412, something like that. Um, how you can justify paying this guy $50 million a year when you know he's not going to get better than what he gave you this year. He just can't. So it's so, yeah, I understand that you're still kind of above the luxury tax and you're limited. You would only have that mid-level exception. It's et cetera. Like there's not a lot you can do, but I'd rather that I'd rather you did that and went with some younger players around Embiid and really made him like the fo- force him to be the guy, force mm-hmm. him to be the guy who carries the team and and not have a situation because I think this is a square peg round hole kind of thing. Once you get to the playoffs, teams know how to defend the Sixers. You don't have you don't have the rest of the team. The other three guys stand around and you try and run a pick and roll like ninety percent of the time. No, it's just sorry. not going to work. It's just you're not going to get to the finals that way. How long until we just put no weight on the regular season in the NBA? Because well, it's 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 getting it's getting ridiculous between the people sitting out, between guys not giving a shit and everything. You obviously had that doc report where he had to sit hard and down. I don't think anyone's shocked by it, but right. hearing it that he had to sit hard and down and be like, "Hey, listen, you going out and partying on the road doesn't look good to your teammates. What about these guys? What about those guys and whatnot? How much like weight can we put in this regular season, especially if you're a Sixers fan? You know, whether you have the one seed, two seed, three seed, four seed, five seed, that to be like." Show me, show me first, because I actually think, and I know they're going to try to put butts in seats and everything next year in, in the Sixers. I think actually they would lose more fans signing Harden than they would than they would not signing Harden, even though if they signed Harden, the Sixers team would be better. So how much weight do we put in the regular season? And, and what do you think kind of from a fan perspective? Do you think they're going to be hurt? Do you think NBC Sports is going to see a decline in, uh, in, in viewership next year? Assuming that they're still going to be broadcasting the games. Yeah. Um, you think going Peacock? Well, I, I think that something's happening. I think the RSNs are all going away, right? The question is just a matter of when they do it here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peacock does seem to be the most. You know, 110 million on one playoff game. I think. Yeah, I think it's about the likely scenario. <laughs> um, but no, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I, the fan, so I, you could equate it, I think, a little bit to what we've seen from the what we saw with the Phillies last year. Like there was so many expectations from the previous few seasons with the Phillies and they, they came up small at the end of the regular season and missed the playoffs and, and didn't, and we had all the excuses and we get it right. But then even last year when they were pushing for a playoff spot, you know, they had a big run and they, you know, in August they're in contention in September, they're in contention. Those games in the, in the citizens bank were only drawing, you know, 18 to 22,000. I mean, they really weren't getting a big crowd until they got in. And then once they got in, the fans were like, all right, you showed us you can get in. Now we're back with you. And now this year, they're you know, even though they're struggling, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today, they're they're drawing 40,000 a game. I mean, they're, they've are they sold out most of their games so far. Um, so the fans, will, they'll get in, they'll get back in with you once you prove that you can get to where they need you to get to. The Sixers, it's not just getting in. The Sixers, you got to get to the conference finals. Yeah. So they're, you know, will they come for the playoff games? Yeah. But regular season, they're not going to care. Numbers are going to be down. Yeah. A thousand percent. What do you think? What do you think they got to do? What I mean, you uh, off the top of my head, 
you know, we had that whole thing yesterday. I don't know if you saw the clip. Uh, we had Chase Senior on Tuesday. He he kind of gave the framework of like a hey, if he didn't say trade and B, but if you traded and B, this is what the would do. Knicks, Warriors, blah blah blah, other assets, everything. That's that's beside the point. What do you think they have to hope for? Because you have you know, James Harden, who I'm hoping they don't sign. But you really, I think one of your only hopes, if you're a Sixers fan, I was talking about this with my buddies, is you have to hope like a Damian Lillard or like another star just becomes disgruntled. And they're like, you know what? We'll take Tobias Harris and we'll take a first rounder. And you know what? Wipe our hands clean of this disgruntled star. Is there anything else? Like, yeah, I mean, like I, well, so- walking through that door to make Struess and, uh, and, and, and Kevin Martin, you know, into like elite level talents. So what, what I'll say is this. I think that the, the notion of trading Joel Embiid is good conversation for radio stations and podcasts and, you know, shows like this. But it's not a reality. It's not at least not this season. They're not doing it. I 100% guarantee you they are not trading Joel Embiid this summer going into next season. It's just not going to happen. So you now have to sit there and say, well, what? how can you how can you win with that? And if you're not bringing back Harden, OK, fine. But then how are you replacing him? Because you really can't. Like I said, you just got that $12 million exception, which you're not getting a, a star player for that money. So I think what you have to do is you have to get creative. You have to try and find a way to move, if you can, move the Tobias contract as well. Um, And then, you know, you let Harden walk and maybe you're able to fill the team with decent players around him and have, look, if you get some shooters who maybe are guys who are, you know, they're not star quality shooters, but guys who can shoot from the outside and and then maybe bring in a a, a real point guard, uh, a true point guard who's going to distribute. Maxi takes that next level, goes to that next level. I, I think you you at least have an intriguing team at that point, or an intriguing start to a team. And then who knows what you could do? You know, come trade deadline time, maybe you could do something in season that adds another player to really kind of give it a run from a different perspective. Um, but yeah, they're they're hamstrung. They've hamstrung themselves with all the the bad trading and getting rid of the draft picks and and everything else. And um, but yeah, you, know, you really can't. I mean, I don't know what else you can do. And, and and so I think that their argument is going to be, well, if the best our best chance is with James Harden. If you're telling me James Harden's willing to come back here for for one year at a raise, right? All right, I guess I could suck it up for that. But I cannot give him three, four years. People can't. You just can't. You you will cripple the team. Yeah. You just yeah. cannot. Who was the so. big man they signed after the 2001 finals that Pat Croce said he would never sign ever again? Um, he used to be a top pick. Big dude, bald head. Someone knows us in the chat. Matt Geiger? No, not Matt they Geiger. Traded, Matt traded Matt Geiger. That's how they got... Uh, that's, that, that's oh my god! Combo. Um, someone will tell us in the someone will tell us in the chat. Um, the 2002 team that just totally just tanked that team, and and Pat Croce hated him because he didn't show up to like a chop charity event or something like that. And he said, "You know what? You'll never play for the Sixers ever again." And that was kind of the guy who you know came in was uh, Derek Coleman, Rush Joy. Thank you, Russ. Derek Coleman feels like it yeah. feels like it feels like that would be like three years of Derek Coleman and then a couple years of Chris Webber and then a couple years of insert guy here who was just way over the hill and the and the Sixers just, they, just they'll, they'll basically if if by re-signing Harden for more than one more year 
you're basically putting this team back to where it was or where it's been. And it's just, you're just hanging on in mediocrity in that middle level that you're just, you're good enough to get in, but you're not good enough to go far. And quick that's ask, really, that's what it is. Quick ask for you is uh, who, who's, who's your number one coach is he even on the list right now. Or when you see that, uh, that Woj report, I don't think that they're going to, you know, it was, that was one of the interesting things. There was a question that was asked to Maury yesterday about the importance of having some kind of um, uh, bringing in a coach who who has won, especially won recently, you know, and 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 you you know, I think of like Nick Nurse, for example, right? Um, and he said that if all things are equal, that is something that probably would be a difference maker. And that made me think originally that that was kind of the direction they want to go, but I don't think that they will. I. I really don't. I, I think Monty Williams is probably going to be where, where they go. And I'm, and I would be good with that. Um, I, the, the guy I think I would like the most is, is Mark Jackson, who was not on that list. I don't think really? he was on Woj's list. No, he wasn't. No, he, he's only interviewed with, I believe he's interviewed with the Bucks, and that's all we've seen so far. Yeah. I, I, there's something about him being a guy. He's an accountability guy. And this team lacks accountability. This team lacks a, 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 a coach that is you know going to hold them hold their feet to the fire. And, and so like, I, I've always liked him as a coach when he coached and then he, I think he got a raw deal. Um, I, that's a guy I would like to like to see, give it a shot. Um, I, I'm good with Monty Williams, really good with that. I, I don't think that there's going to be anything that's really outside of the list that you saw aside from that. I just think it, yeah, I just, I just, you know, I don't, you know, if you're going to go Jay Wright, that's not going to happen. Um, I saw that the who put the odds out that JJ Reddick was like a favorite, you know, like those kinds of things. Like those things. Some ultra yeah. So Mark Jackson, you know Mark Jackson's church. He's big big Bible guy, big Bible thumper. His uh-huh. church tried to heal Stephen Curry's ankle. So maybe he is the guy. Give him right over to Joel, send Joel over to whatever church he's got to go to, get that knee, get that face <laughs> healed before the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe Mark yeah. Jackson is the guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I would I, I honestly I I like I like him as a possibility. I don't. I don't know if he's going to be on the list. If he's going to be somebody that they talk to, and if not, I'm good with Monty Williams. I, I think Monty Williams is a guy that, that, you know, they they let him get away from here and maybe shouldn't have, um, and now you know bringing him back, I think could be could be the kind of coach that you need to kind of get these guys to play the right way. All right, before we have Colin Thompson coming on, he's coming on at twelve thirty. We're going to share some Ted Solari stories and whatnot. I want to talk to you about the Phils. Phils are so weird. The bunch of Jekyll and Hyde team. They win. Going on a winning streak, going on a losing streak, going on a winning streak, going on a losing streak. Trey Turner, what's up with Trey? I, I'm pretty optimistic as a sports fan in general, so I think uh, the guy who gets paid $330 million, who John Hamm said was slump-proof uh, in his uh, that highlight film before, during the free agency when they sent those out to teams and whatnot, I think he'll bounce back. I think it's, you know, maybe it's WBC. Maybe it's, you know, he's had a crazy summer. I don't know. You think Trey Turner bounces back, and what's going on with the Phils? Yeah, I'm, I'm. It's disappointing to this point, right? But at the same time, I'm not. I'm not a panic button guy, especially in baseball. I mean, and um, think about it. Last year, going into the playoffs, we were so down on this team, and then yeah. they just go on the run. Like there is just it's it's a it's a game of runs the baseball season. Yeah, it, it really is. And and look, the the lineup needs to be better. You can't be this bad with runners in scoring position and, 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 you know, just not getting clutch hits and they're down in home runs and everything, everything's down. Um, but at the same time, when is a lineup ever in any lineup, no matter how good a team is, 
when is that lineup ever always clicking top to bottom? There's always going to be guys who are hot and always going to be guys who are cold. So you, you just, you know, you just have to have a, a good enough mix so that you're able to win more often than you lose. And you don't have to, you know, in, in baseball, it's kind of, as long as you're playing, you know, every 25 games, you're playing a game or two over 500, as that adds up over the course of the year, you're going to be fine. You're going to be a playoff team. Um, but right now, it's just, they just look like they're not focused, man. Trey Turner's a disappointment. And and I, I texted Bob right before his at-bat last night, or yesterday in the in the ninth inning, comes up, bases loaded, team down by down three, right? Um, and I said to him, he doesn't even need to hit a grand slam, and the Phillies could still lose this game. But if he just does something positive here, this would be a good thing for him. Could we end up? It would be a three-hit game. He get, comes through with a clutch hit in the ninth inning. Okay, maybe he doesn't win the game, but you get a big hit off of another team's closer, etc. He just struck out, man. Again, the strikeouts are—he's not seeing the ball. It's—it's it's really perplexing because he's never been this bad for this long. It's—it's it's wild to me. I—I I don't know how to explain it. He just looks not like the same guy how long is the leash on topper you think i think it's i mean I, you know you, you're not going to fire a guy who got you to the world series after 40 yeah. some games right so it's i don't think that there's even a, a question that he's here for the year um you know but there is let's keep in mind he only did get a two-year contract right so it's not like they gave him like this big five-year thing after taking him to the world series um so i think it's i think it's like he has this year, and then we'll see after the year. Um, but, but again, I I do think I do be, I still believe this team will turn it around. The National League stinks. You have the Braves, the Dodgers, and no one else right close to them. Everyone else is kind of in a pack at that point. Um, so I do think that they will they will figure it out. It, it but it's Turner, it's Schwarber. Uh, those two guys specifically really have to get it going. They're, they're they they've overexposed Edmundo Sosa so much so now that he's on the bench and Cody Clemens is playing. So they obviously are a, a player short at the moment. They need another a bat, but then they have the bullpen that's an issue too, right? I mean the uh, starting pitching that's starting an issue pitch, too. Yeah. Bullpen bullpen's not an issue. Starting pitching's an issue. How unfair is it that that the bullpen arms all have to go to that bullpen ERA has to go to Bailey Falter after Bailey Falter came in after these stars? I know. What are you going to do? Right? What are you going to do? But um, no, the bullpen's fine. I I have zero problem with the bullpen. Um, But you know, you look at the starting pitching, and uh, you know Wheeler and Nola, I think are going to be Wheeler and Nola. If you really look at their their last several starts, they're they're back pitching the way that they usually pitch. They've run into a little bit of bad luck over those starts, but. On the whole, if you look at their numbers, their typical Nola and Wheeler numbers, with the exception of Nola's not striking out as many guys as he used to. But other than, that's the one thing that's down a little bit. Other than that, their numbers are pretty on par with what they always do. Taiwan Walker is a problem right now, and he's a problem because he's incredibly inconsistent. If he throws strikes, he's fine. He throws strikes, he's going to be, give you a good start. It's when he's wild as hell as he's been that you get starts like yesterday and you can't put that on, you know, the bullpen, you know, Soto loses the game in the, in the eighth inning, but you can't, the bullpen has to go seven innings for you yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like you can't re- expect your bullpen to do that and, and hold them scoreless for seven innings. 
that's not what they're in, you know there to do. And then you sit there, and you know Bob's like, "Well, Gabe Kapler's out managing Rob Thompson," and I said, "Well, he's not because what's Rob supposed to do? He's got to use seven relievers to get through this game. I mean, you can't play the matchup game, you know, and it favors the other team when you have to when they know you have to use your entire bullpen for one game. So that falls on Walker." Um, We'll see how Randall uh, uh, Ranger Suarez does now that he's back and, you know, as he's building back up again. I think if Suarez gets back to being himself, I think the Phillies are in a situation where it's like, okay, Walker, you need to fix it, and then we need to find another starter. And I think that's kind of where they're at. Yeah, I just sent a, I sent a tweet over to Craig if he could pull it up real quick. Um, this was the free agency pitching. Um, the, free, the, the pitchers who were in free agency this year. Um, obviously Tywon Walker was our big signing, but you know, there was a lot of guys out there. DeGrom, six starts, two and oh, two, six, seven ERA. Carlos Radon hasn't even pitched yet. Verlander's only made three starts. Tyon, six starts. He's getting shelled this year. Bassett's having a pretty good year. And then Craig, if you scroll down one more, you got Eflin, seven starts. He's pitching pretty well this year. Anderson's getting beat up. Eovaldi's, I mean, he's pitching out of his mind. Uh, Waka, okay for, you know, who he is. Quintana's out. Stripling, Perez, so it's like this this just stuck out to me because it was like a lot of people are like, well, why did we go out and sign Taiwan Walker? It's kind of like, well, who else were you so, really going to get at that? So the, solution, the answer to that question is, is, is Zach Eflin because you had him. You could have kept him. He would have stayed here. Um, they're just their concern was is that he's never healthy. And they didn't want they didn't want which was certainly fair. Um, and so then you look at the rest of your the availability, the pitchers that were available, they were never going to be DeGrom Verlander guys, right? I mean, I mean John Stolen lists lists them, but really they that, that's not really where they were gonna go. Um, so they were kind of looking for mid rotation. That's what they were that's what they were looking for. And if you look at all the mid rotation guys on that list, with the exception of Ivaldi, like everyone else is as you know, just been as disappointing. Um, that's just the nature of, of what the pitching market was. I do think Walker can be better than he is. He's just not there right now. And he's got to, he's got to figure it out because Phillies have about a week left before they get started on some really big games. You got a seven game road trip coming up starting next Thursday between the Braves and the Mets. Phillies have the first time they're really playing those two teams. And that has to be when they're playing at their best. So they got to figure it out over the course of the next six games with the Cubs and the and the and the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks are a pretty good team, by the way. Um, you're going to see that they they have some they have some talent on that team. Good young team. So it's not going to be easy, um, but they have to figure it out in this homestand because that seven game series is going to tell you a lot about the Phillies. Give me the Ant Silva approval. You think the Phillies will be back? I do. I do think that they're. I still think they're a playoff team. I'm, I'm not. I never thought that they were going to be good enough to to win the division. I think the Braves are the best team in baseball overall. I, I think that they'll be the team that's in the World Series at the end of the year. Um, but uh, I I do think the Phillies are certainly one of the six best teams in the National League, and, and they'll they'll be in the playoffs this year. So yes, I think they will be back. You think the Mets turn it around too? No. Is that just no. you being a homer Phillies fan? You think the no, Mets are I do. I, so I, I never get the the Mets are the Dallas Cowboys of baseball. Is what they are. Seriously, no, because fair. every year it's like, look at they're going to spend all this money and look at these great players they're bringing in, and then they 
they shit the bed. It's LOL Mets, man. They every year the same stuff happens to this team. And when I looked at this roster at the beginning of the year, I said, How are they any different from last year? They they swapped out a couple of old starters for a couple of old starters. They have no bullpen. Look, the Edwin Diaz thing hurt them. Obviously, him getting hurt in World Baseball Classic, right? Celebration that that really crippled their bullpen. But the lineup, they're all old. I mean, the youngest guy in their lineup at the start of the season was Pete Alonso. He was the youngest guy in their lineup. They've, now they've added a, a couple of young players from they, that they've called up because of injuries and the like. But no, this team was never destined to be a winning team. It was an expensive team, but not a winning team. No, he's 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 a. Uh... Cohen is is Steinbrenner with a bigger checkbook, but nobody you know is scared of him. Like I feel like they were scared of Steinbrenner back in the nineties. Steinbrenner right. worked in the nineties, eighties, and seventies because you could work like that in the seventies, eighties, nineties, early two thousands. You can't work like that in the age of social media. I mean, I don't know if you saw this. Steve Cohen was liking tweets on who he wanted people to. He wanted to uh, once guys came back, who he wanted to send down, who he wanted to cut, who they wanted to DFA, and everything. And it was hilarious. And he's just That's like. Great. Imagine, imagine George Steinbrenner on Twitter liking tweets about like sending, I don't know, Paul O'Neill down for to Triple oh. A or something like that. Hey, it's it's it, the only thing that could be worse is is you could be hearsay right out in Indianapolis. Yeah. You remember at the draft night when he was well, talking I about mean, drafting <laughs> two quarterbacks? Like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Like, put the put the beer down, you know? I know. Let's go. I know. So, all right, hey, let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, we want to invite on uh, Colin Thompson. Uh, you know him, Temple Zone. Carolina Panthers own former and uh, host of uh, Not For Long Media. We come on to uh, talk about Ted Solari, former wood football player, wood basketball player for a couple years in the PCL. So, uh-huh. uh, unfortunately. Guy's a legend. Yeah, he was, man. He was fucking legend. Like Ted Solari, unfortunately, if you didn't hear the news, he passed today at 72. Uh, if you played Philly high school sports in the pub or the Catholic league or the surrounding area. I mean, you knew who Ted Solari was. You knew, you knew if Craig, if you can bring up the, uh, the picture of his, uh, his website, the highlighters, I mean that new, nobody loved high, like your mom might've loved highlighters. Ted Solari loved highlighting things. Look at this. I mean, but this was what was so awesome about this website. It was just, just, uh, people got over the years, tried to get him to change it and whatnot. And he said, Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But man, every time we come home, you have a good game. You go right on tedslary.com, see if he updated the, uh, updated the standings, updated your points and everything. And you just track that. Colin, what was your, uh, one of your favorite memories? Well, I'll be honest with you guys. I've been running around today. I didn't know he passed. I just saw your tweet this morning oh, about sorry. a memory. It's okay. I got an instant reaction from my eyes breaking were wide news. open. Breaking news for me. And I, I, Man, oh, I feel I, so bad. that's so sad. Yeah, I just saw your tweet. I retweeted the goat of yeah. whatever of websites because I just saw you tweeting like pictures of you and Ted Solari. I just thought it just pulled up, came up on your screen. Man, that's a shame, too. Yeah. That's, that's too young. Um, man, first reactions about Ted. So back in the day, kids listening, this is how we found out what went what went on. <laughs> TedSolari.com. I rushed to it and I also rushed to read the the, the intelligencer in Doylestown and, and Kyle was in it, right? Like who was the all Intel team? And humbly, this, I sound like an ass, but I was like more excited about, I sounded more excited to be about first team all Intel than I was first team all American. And I'm just being completely honest because that, that mental world to me yeah. that like all these guys from my hometown, we were on this list and you made the all Ted Solari area team. Like that's what mattered. Cut that out. In our area. Oh. 
Oh my God. I loved it. I printed his stuff out. So I just remember going through and it was hard to read, but he would always highlight wood in black and gold or East in blue and blue and red. So yeah. there are my first reactions and just an absolute staple. I don't think you could tell the history of like Philadelphia high school sports without him. No, nobody covered um, it like him. He's unbelievable. And it, and it was like him and like maybe a couple other guys like, yep. uh, like, and like, did you have any memory memories of, of Ted? Oh well, we worked hand in hand. So of one you, of the you worked with everybody in the in the in the entire <laughs> area, Delaware Valley so be, area. Well, you don't. You know, I I think one of the things that people don't realize, you know, obviously newspapers are competitors, right? Of all, you know, you're always you back in the day we were competing with one another, um, but that was really more so at the professional level and with with your big front page stories and stuff. You were always trying to beat the other papers. But when it came to high school sports, man, it was it was a different level. So I'm out in Delaware County. We, I was at the Daily Times, and when we would do sports, I mean, we were the paper of record for all of the Delaware County sports. Um, and, and we tr really tried to follow the model that Ted Solari had created in the city uh, out in Delaware County in a lot of ways. And but there we would work together on a lot of things like, you know, Ted would have his guys at games, whether it was Huck Palmer was out of the game uh, or, or he had Puck. Puck was a, was a class. Dude, I still he see Puck at Roman games every single year because they're in the PCL championship. <laughs> yeah, right. Dude Those guys age. would be out of games. I mean, he would come up to us. So like we would be doing football. And you know, we would stand on the sidelines and do the stats. And Puck would just come up and tell you, "I'll do tackles. I'll do tackles." And like, okay, Puck, that thanks, appreciate it. But no, but what I mean is, we would go, we would share data with them, even though that they were a competing outlet. Like Ted would call in the office, like, "Hey, you know, I got want to check stats on this game." And then we're like, "Hey, what do you got from the game you were at?" Like, so there was a lot of back and forth. It was it was a great relationship, and he was the he was the trailblazer. You know, he started this this intense coverage of sports in Philadelphia, high school sports in Philadelphia. Um, I, th I think he started at the Bulletin, if I remember correctly, going way back, and then of the Daily News. Um, and, and we all wanted to be the same way with our high school coverage. Every local newspaper wanted to do the same thing. And and we all followed suit. It was it – was, he was a legend. He was an absolute legend. Yeah, I think you know what you're saying. He like sets standard of excellence of how it's supposed to be done at a really high level, mm -hmm. and it updated really frequently for back in the day. Like, you go on the next morning, it's there. So he mm -hmm. definitely was a grinder. And then I just I was literally thinking about this, Kyle. And I went to Twitter to see it, and boom, it popped right up. Was the camera, the infamous <laughs> the camera? camera. Oh I'll never God. forget it. We yeah. we would it would we would get together, right? He'd be like, "Okay, Coach Davlin, pick your six best players," and like we would huddle together and like stand there. And he would have the camera, like, "All right, hold up, click. Let me get one with the flash. <laughs> Turn it around. Yep. <laughs> click, dude." And yeah, it legendary. There it is. Cannon power shot. Oh my God. I can yeah. find the pictures right now. If you Google just Archbishop Wood, they all come up. It's yeah, just I got him. here, Craig. I should have a tweet up on on my uh, on my profile. It's it's us of uh, my junior year, right? For, uh, before we were getting uh, about to play Newman and lose by forty it's points. Bottled. Ted Solari just got us all. Just look, like pull it up, Craig. The Lansdale Catholic Hoosiers, right here. Oh, like your GPA guys. <laughs> who's guarding? Uh, you know, Malibu, yeah, who's guarding uh, Tony Chenault? Who's guarding, yeah. guarding Mustafa Shakur? Who's guarding the? Uh, the 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 Stewart brothers they all went D one I found Stewart out the first brothers hit. oh they used to haunt me yeah yeah that they, looks they, I, pull up the Archbishop Wood one there's got to be one hold on I gotta find it I'll get <laughs> it over one. to you Craig it's the same picture of the Archbishop Wood guys were in the hallway 
yeah. there's like bad lighting and we all are like just ready to get throttled by by roman or newman yeah. but that was the beauty of of tedsolari.com that oh. it was just like it was just this no frills website that everybody went to and the funny thing in 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 this is that like ted was kind of like a local celebrity when he pulled up to your game, you knew it was like time to shine. Like you had to shine because you knew you were either getting a write up on you. Like, hey, maybe we lost by 40, but Pagan had 10 points and you knew you were getting in there with, with that 10 point game and stuff. And that was like, that was the best. I mean, I, I'll never forget that. I want to share a secret. I want to share a secret. So in Delco, we used to have for Football Friday, we used to have the quote-unquote expert picks. And every yeah. every week, we would put our picks in for the games, like who we thought was going to win with a final score and everything else. And every year, I was consistently one of the better pickers at the Daily Times. Not because I was regularly covering covering these games, because I was a pro sports writer for most of my time there, but but I was really good at picking these high school games. And people used to wonder how I would do it. On TedSolari.com, Ted used to put out his picks on Thursday, okay? Now, he didn't have every game, but he had a lot of games that uh, that crossed over for us. And so I would always go in and I would start reading his picks and be like, All right, I'm going to just do what Ted picks. And I would change the score in my, in my prediction. And I used to steal Ted's picks to put them in, just change the score and put them into my picks. And that's why I was always near the top. I didn't know. I never really won. Our, our, our football writer used to win every year because he was covering the team. So he knew better than anybody. But most of the games that, that had a, a crossover appeal to Ted, I stole right from Ted. Work, dude, work smarter, not harder. That's right. I love that. Breaking news. <laughs> and San Filippo was a fraud back in uh, 20 years ago when he was giving out picks before anyone else was. <laughs> All right. So I have the picture here. Send the link can... to the private chat. Craig could pull it up. Or, well, I have this. Oh. I have, this is from the 2009 2010 Wood Vikings. Like, like that's Colin it. Was that's, that's what I was going to pull up. I was on the JV team. But you I did have, on... I, I did look. You did have three points. And who was that three points against? Lansdale Catholic, because you oh. probably got in because you blew us out by 20 plus. In that gym. I love it. You know, I love playing Lansdale Catholic. It was close to home. It wasn't that far, Doylestown. But yeah, we always get a good bite to eat there. Yeah, I mean, listen, the guy's a legend. Look at this picture. Uh, the, it's funny enough, the guy in the middle, what Fran, like, went on to play a pen and have a great career. Yeah. He broke his foot his senior year. Joe Getz underneath of him went to UMBC. He was a great player. Brian O'Grady, all the way on the right, yep. played in the MLB for seven years. He's a podcast with us, Breaking Bats. And Brian plays in Japan now, baseball. So, yeah, I was technically on varsity that year, but I played JV. Yeah, good memories. I mean, I just, like I said, you woke up in the morning, you went right to the Sunday. If you didn't have the Sunday intel for us in the Bucks County area, you went right to Ted Solari. I grew up with Kevin Cooney, Dom Constantino. Yeah. Uh, I still follow Dom. He's like in the New York Medium Network. I saw him when I was with the Giants. Uh, Tommy Moore, legend. Drew Markle. So, like, that's the stuff I'll always remember. I'll miss it. And I'll be bummed, you know, down the road. I'll, our kids won't have that, you know, be disfollowing yeah. people from Twitter and the coverage isn't the same. Um, but that's what's special. There was like a buzz around town. Hey, did you see the intel today? That's the stuff I remember. Oh, my Ted God. Dude, I made the I made the all honorable mention PCL Ted Solari team. And I thought I was like, let's go. And that's the other know. point here is I'm sorry, is the one thing I wanted to say. I forgot it for a second was he gave everyone their flowers. 
That's what Ted Solari was known about. Everybody got their flowers. Like he covered every team. So whether you were the best player on the team and you registered a point or not, the roster was there. Like, you know, like that matters to people. That's like first class as it gets. And that's, you don't find that these days of that covering every player, their flowers on high school athletics. And you know, you know what else was great about him is he had a wicked sense of humor. And one of the great bits that he used to do was only in the pub. Did you do you ever re- remember reading only in the pub where no. he would talk about the create the craziness of the Philadelphia Public League and oh. and what would happen at public league games? It was it, go on to Ted's site. It's all archived. Trust me when I tell you, there are some phenomenal stories about crazy things that happen in Philadelphia Public League, mostly uh, basketball and football, but there are a couple of baseball stories in there. But Look find all there you go. The, the, it is. It is something out of the. There are some incredible, incredible stories from only in the pub. Um, just, just amazingly hysterical things. It's, I, it's, it's a great read. You'll go down a rabbit hole, but it's, it's so worth it. Who pays to keep this website afloat? What'd you say? I think well, he did it all himself. Do they ever go into the abyss websites like, or this will always be imprinted? This I, I think he's. I, I from what I, from what I think I read, I think his kids. We're keeping it up to not up to date necessarily, but I think his kids oh, were paying for the, the twenty dollars a year, twenty dollars a year on the WordPress and stuff. So we like, should create like a legit GoFundMe and like everyone put a buck in, <laughs> and like just so it never dies. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. The annual Ted Solari fund will. Uh, oh, I, I love you that, That's couple, awesome. dude. Uh, just a dollar. Just ask for a dollar donation, and we'll pay the family to keep that alive forever. Dude, going back to the, the the pub thing, oh, and the pub was like where I learned that like what public school league basketball was like. Like guys that were, I was fourteen years old. I'd go on the team pictures. There was a fourteen year old just had tattoos down his arm, and I was like, "This is the coolest guy in the world." And I hope we never cross paths with them. And yeah. we did in the summer league, uh, and it sucked. It was it was great because the pub at times was the best league going, and you know for basketball for oh, sure. Uh, and there was times and there were times when the pub was a total disaster and Ted was there for all of it. And that's the, I mean, that's the thing that makes it so special is because he would have the great stories yep. and he would have the wild and wooly stories as well. So that's why I that's why I, I recommend it, because there's some really cool stories that are like, wow, I never knew that that guy played there and did that. But then there's also some things like that really took place at a high school sporting yeah. event. Like it's, Dude, it's there were, really some team photos stuff. would have 15 guys on it. Some team photos would have three. And you're like, how are these guys fielding a team <laughs> in the pub right now? And like, oh, well, you know, guys were just, you know, in detention or something like that when they took the photo. And Ted Slary happened to be there that day. So that's when the photo got taken. If you're on the right, get a little tighter there. Get a little tighter. I'll never forget. We're out of wood. It's freezing cold. Like, Ted, all our pictures are with hoodies on because we played in December. Lancelot Catholic never made it to the state playoffs, but we were. So you have the hoodie on and you're freezing your ass off. And Ted's out there taking 20 picks. And the best is like the pictures, like the guy on a knee with the helmet. I'm like, Ted. (laughs) Ted's, Ted's fingers in the right corner. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. you know, that'll do. Oh, that'll do. shit. I'll be back next week. You guys are going to win, right? Yeah, I think we're going to win. We're playing the pub. Sure. <laughs> oh, legend, man. Guy's a, a legend. He Dude, he's an absolute legend and whatnot. And he'll be, and he'll be really, really missed. His coaching tree, or I guess his coaching tree, is insane. And uh, people he's affected even more is, is, is absolutely insane. Man, that just was like a uh, walk down memory lane right there. Man. Dude, that's the um, best though. Like growing up, like that's what it was all about. 
and then you come back. I remember for just fond memories, just like those prime, like football into basketball season, like and then the Eagles, like as a kid, like that's that's what I remember, like reading the paper right. in the morning and like look, the picks, like oh that guy picked that team, like you're kidding me, like they had the picks out of like Woods, Woods, we're only gonna win. We're not gonna beat that team. We win by fifty. I'm like screw, you know, screw this guy, or whatever. Like I, yeah, man, that's a good He's old days. Best. He's the best. Just one. I, I I was like just sitting here scrolling through, and I remembered this one, and I, I just wanted to point it out. So in 1987, at one point, he goes to see a pub game, a pub baseball game between Franklin Learning Center and and William Penn. FLC was one and nine. William Penn was zero and eleven. But Ted shows up anyway, right? <laughs> That's awesome. So it goes. He's like, I walked over to an uh, a, a disgraceful unlined field in Fairmount Park. <laughs> He oh, said, as, as I walked Fairmount up, Park Fields, the Belmont Plateau, where there's like eight yes. fields. Oh, he says, he says, as I walked up, one of the FLC players goes, uh oh, a newspaper man's here. And another one goes, he must be an obituary writer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. So just some really good stuff. I mean, you got, if you go through, just, just find, uh, find some of the things like he's talking about coaches telling them to make sure that they step on the bag as they're running around the bases. Uh, it's just like really, real fascinating stuff. Like he, he would do that. He would go to see bad teams play and really make it funny and, and, and entertaining. And, and really, I think those kids appreciated that because it's like, they knew they stunk, but they got their five minutes, right? They got their five minutes of fame from that story. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, no one was Never covering FLC 111. <laughs> exactly. Not many exactly. people were covering Lanzo Catholic 4 and 18 either. So, you know, we didn't, we saw Ted about once a year. We got once a he year gave, for Ted, Ted checked in, but he checked in. That's all that mattered. You got your flowers. Like you, you could say my name, Colin Thompson, whether I got a minute or not, was on that. I'm in the picture. Mean mugging. <laughs> mean mugging, baby. Oh, hey, my God. Our, are, are we, can I, can I bring up, as I'm not, you know, I come on the show every once in a while and I get to talk yeah. like Philly sports. Can I talk a little, can I ask him questions here? Go ahead. We got Ann for about okay. five more minutes. Yeah. All right. Perfect. And I want to hijack the show here. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Go ahead. No, I like questions. Okay. Flyers. It's funny because I'm, I'm a livid Flyers fan. Pissed. That's like my yeah. one team I can really grab, right? Like can't be really an Eagles fan until like, hopefully I play for them one day, but it's tough in my position, right? The Flyers are my team. Okay. I love the hires. Love them. Really do. I think if any other former players, I'd say, ah, I don't know, but I love the hires. Yeah. Both successful, two successful individuals. They got their shit together. I think, and I would say the Flyers, I've been calling them one of the worst teams in pro sports. It's fair. I think they're, I think they're closer than we think, actually. And here's why. Okay. You could argue the Flyers have a bunch of second and third line, fourth line players. Mm-hmm. And depth in those spots. An awesome goalie. I'm a huge fan of them. If you look at these teams in the playoffs right now, Panthers and Hurricanes primarily. Seattle, big run. Let's just say this. More Seattle. More more Hurricanes after losing. They're built strong defense, which the Flyers need to get a little bit better at. They have pain-in-the-ass guys to play against up front. And they have good goaltending. So, again, mm-hmm. I think the Flyers are extremely close. No, but the right veteran, the right piece, the right investment. You can look at a two to three year deal where you're paying the ass team to play in the playoffs. And like all of a sudden you find yourself like, am I wrong here? Because it's kind of been like Jason Martinez on came on my show and he's like, they just have a lot of great role players. Is that 
Is that something to be? So that's a, that's a great. It's a great observation, Colin. In all, in all honesty, and it, you're not wrong. You look at you look at at Carolina, and Carolina is missing their three best offensive players, and they're still dominating in the playoffs. Why? Good goaltending and very good defense, right? I mean, and that's, that's, that and a system that works, and and they're and they're they're a pain in the ass to play against. That's really that's Rod Brindamore's coaching style, right? I mean, that's exactly what works come this time of year. And if you look at what Tortorella did when he was with Columbus, for example, a few years back, when they barely snuck in and then they swept the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round, why they didn't have top end talent? I mean, they had Panarin, right? But they didn't have re- like real top end talent. They they were a pain in the ass to play against, and they got good goaltending and good played good defense. So, yes, that's what's going to get you there. And the Flyers do have that depth up at forward, and they do have the goalie. And I think that you can sit there and say, you know, if a couple of these high draft picks pan out in about three years, you are that team. The bigger problem is the blue line. And and right now, they, they're they going to trade Provorov. I'm telling you, just off the top, they're going to trade Provorov. And then when you look at what's left over, you don't have a top pair defenseman, not one. Yeah, and you need and you need two. So that's what they don't have. Um, they have a bunch of four, five, sixes, and that's okay. Um, but you need the top guys. And if you don't okay. have them, so I asked I actually asked Danny Briere this question, and you know, and I said, you know, what are you thinking? And he said, we'll be competitive because that's just a Tortorella team. That's just what it's going to be. But I, we're not going to be a playoff team anytime soon. So when the when the GM is saying that, right? I mean, he's publicly saying it. He's not like not that's not like a behind the scenes, off the record comment. He's saying it publicly. They're 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 still going to be a few years. They're actually going to struggle more next year than they did this year because they're going to get rid of veteran guys here this summer, and they're going to yeah. turn it over to some younger kids. And so there's going to be mistakes, all right? And they're going to struggle. So they're not going to be as good. I think in 23-24 as they even were in 22-23 and that's with guys like Couturier and Atkinson coming back. So I don't I just don't see it. I I think that I don't you're not wrong but yeah. by your assessment of it of the sport, I think that you're spot on. I just think that where this team is right now, it's it's going to take a little bit probably a little bit longer. And by the time it sorry Kyle, but by the time it, they get it gets where it is, those guys like Lawton, all those guys will be at TK, they'll all be gone anyway. So it's like the timetable is going to be screwed up. It's we're in purgatory. It's hard. Yeah, hey, it's a tough spot. And, and you know, this, do not this, do not become pessimistic. All right, it's good to hear an optimistic no. player, man. You don't hear a lot of them anymore. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And it, there's reason. There is reason to be optimistic. I'm not trying oh. to tell you it's not. You just there's have two to- reasons: Danny Briere and Keith Jones. Yeah, and Carter yeah. Hart. Three. Yeah. But but you just have to be tempered tempered the expectations. That's all. You can be optimistic. You just can't be expected to be quick. Sorry, I hijacked your show, Kyle. No, no. How, how how's next year's draft, Ant? Any Connor Bedards? Next year? Yeah. Not not as good as this year. But look okay. at 20, 25 There is okay. Hey, maybe trade Proveroff, Carter Hart. Trade everybody. Get up in the top three. Get a game changing player. Don't trade Carter Hart. Sign him on ten year deal. But everyone the one else. Thing I, the one thing I'll say about Carter Hart, and I like Carter Hart a lot. Yeah. Uh, Tortorella loves Tortorella loves Sam Erson, who is the the kid who played goalie for the the Phantoms most of the year. He got a cup of coffee with the Flyers. They made seven starts with the Flyers this year. Absolutely loves him. The team thinks he can be a number one goalie in the NHL. And so if they do that and they believe that, you can get a lot for Carter Hart. Just saying. Here's the thing, but you can have multiple goalies. You need multiple goalies now. Need them. That's you fact. Do. So look at what happened to Boston. They ran all mark into the ground, and that's why they lost to Florida. 
And then you see Florida. They ran, their, they ran their goalie into the Alex, ground. Alex Lyon, so, baby. I know, right? There's a <laughs> Look at Vegas. They're on flyers. four. Goalie yeah. four. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of former yeah. Flyers, a couple Flyers coaches, a couple former uh, Flyers alumni that are in the uh, in the playoffs coaching now. So, uh, well, Colin, well, well, Colin, I hope that uh, that helps you out a little bit. Maybe a little optimism, maybe a little pessimism. But, you know, you're you're up here. And brought you down to here, but it's okay to be right here. It's okay yeah, to be right in the middle. Just as long as you're not at the bottom. Yeah. I haven't. I told my wife, I said, I'm not taking you because she's from Houston. She's never really been to a hockey game. She's excited for it. I'm like, I'm not taking you to a game until they're back in the playoffs. Because I need you to experience it. You can't take break into a bad game. I took her to a Phillies yeah. game, Aaron Knowles first start. They sucked. So <laughs> she's like, I have no interest now. So I don't want like what? We had tickets for the World Series last year on my day off and we didn't go. And she's from Houston. So, oh, geez. That would have been even better. Coyotes are looking for a new town. Houston, Texas, man. Uh, possibility it's a possibility i don't yeah. think it's going to happen i i think that i think that they owe kansas city they really mm-hmm. owe kansas city that kansas city was supposed to get a couple of teams in the past and didn't get them for different circumstances the penguins were going to go there before lemieux came in and saved the penguins back when he bought the team uh prior to crosby being drafted so kansas city's been on the radar for a long long time they also like salt lake uh, they also oh, like yeah, Portland. Um, so I do Shout think to Ron Hextall for ruining the Penguins. Thank you, Ranky Ron. Yeah. yeah. Two so organizations. I, I, I think yeah. I think I think you're gonna see Kansas City maybe be first on that list. But I think Houston's in the mix. I do think it's a real oh. possibility that they get a, a hockey team soon. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So. All right. Hey, Ant, appreciate everything, man. Yep. Colin, you got thanks it. for jumping on, man. I really Anytime. appreciate that. Thank you to you the RIP, Ted. R.I.P. to Ted yes, Solari, so the GOAT. Thanks to Craig on the ones and twos. Thank you to the listeners, and we will talk to you next Tuesday.